Let's pray together. Lord, we just continue to praise you. Um, every day is indeed a gift. And every day is indeed an opportunity to bless others' lives. So we pray that as we hear this message this morning, that it would speak to us, that we might be a blessing to those around us. We ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. I'm going to read from James uh, chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 1 to 12. James begins, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large, are driven by strong winds. They're guided by a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Thanks be to God for His holy word. Well, last week we began the ugly Christmas sweater sermon series, and I'm glad some of you wore your sweaters again this week. I only have one, so I don't want to wear it every week, but uh, I'll wear it again maybe. But, but the main theme or the, the main concern we've been addressing is how we can be uglier than those sweaters we wear to Christmas parties. No, I'm not implying that anyone looks ugly, but we can be guilty of ugly thoughts and words and motives and actions. Last week, we considered how our Ugly, our ugly, we considered our ugly thoughts, and we were reminded of Paul's great admonition in Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, then we should think about those things. And there's no one who fits that description better than Jesus, the one who came to save us all. And so we were reminded to cleanse or change our thoughts towards others by remembering that everyone is someone Jesus died for. And why is cleansing our thoughts so important? Well, one is, of course, because God teaches us to cleanse our thoughts. But clean thoughts are also important because our thoughts drive our lives. 
they often impact what we do. And most certainly, ugly thoughts can lead to ugly words, which is today's focus. It's so easy for us folks to say things that are hurtful instead of things that build one another up. But we're going to remember today that words are powerful. Words carry meaning. It matters how we use our words. And this concept of the power of words uh, we find throughout Scripture. But I want to read a couple, one from the book of Proverbs, for example, references words and the mouse that use them. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And the one that causes me to shudder every time I read it is Matthew 12, 36, where Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Our words are an incredible responsibility. Our words have the power of life and death. We can speak in a way that builds others up, or we can speak in a way that tears others down. When I was a boy, someone said something in passing, and I'm I'm quite sure it was just in passing. They didn't really mean as much by it as, as I took from it. But it began to weigh heavy on a preteen boy. They said that my brother Keith was more of the athletic one, and I was more of a bookworm. Nothing wrong with a bookworm, but as a preteen boy, I didn't exactly want to be known as a bookworm. And sadly, I took those words to heart. And for a long time, I lacked confidence in many things, but especially in things athletic. And listen, I'm not taking a victim mentality here. There's too much of that going on in our world today. But at some, and at some point, I and everyone has to take responsibility for ourselves regardless of what is said. But the point I'm making is that our words can have huge impact. They can begin to tear us down. However, it was also words that brought me out of that defeatist attitude. You see, I had a terrible habit of saying, I can't, I can't, before I ever tried anything. And my father couldn't stand that. And I can still hear his voice today, can't never did do anything, try did it all. And though I've never been as natural an athlete as my brother, Dad's words encouraged me to at least try. And eventually with his words ringing in my ears, I developed an attitude that said, I'm going to try to do all sorts of things. I may not be good at them. I may even get laughed at when I try them. But you know what? My attitude is going to be, well, at least I tried and I had fun trying. And if you laugh at me, that's okay because I laugh at me too. It's fine. Words are powerful. You know that. They, they can tear us down or they can build us up. You can all tell a story about someone who tore you down or someone who built you up. And, and sadly, we know that we've said things that didn't give life to other people. And this Christmas season is a time when we should particularly guard our words. For one, we're surrounded by friends and family. And so we have the potential to do either good or to do harm. 
Second, our non-Christian family and friends are certainly watching us. Uh, They're looking to see during this season in particular, does it really make any difference in how we celebrate? And does it really make any difference in how you and I speak to one another? Listen, I, I by no means am suggesting that when you have those Christmas gatherings that you avoid all the difficult conversations. But I think we all know that there is a positive way and a negative way to share truth with other people. In the book of James, we're given some of the most extensive writings on the use of our tongue. James is addressing the early church, and they're, they're learning what it means to be together as a church, and they're learning what it means to share the gospel with others. And James knew that everything they were working so hard to do could all be undone by careless words. And so he gives warnings. James 3, let me read verses 3 to 6 again. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. That's a text, again, that causes me to shudder. And listen, this one is particularly difficult for people like me for the context is that James is specific, specific, I can't talk, specifically talking to teachers. He began verse 1, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I'm definitely going to be judged by how I use my tongue, but so are you. You see, James gives us examples of how small things can impact and control larger things. A bit can control a horse. A a small rudder can steer a ship. A a small spark can set a, a fire, can set a whole forest ablaze. And then he lowers the boom and he says, the tongue, though small compared to the rest of the body, can also control us. It can stain the whole body. It can set the course of our lives. It can bless our lives or it can ruin our lives. And it can bless or ruin the life of others. And we know this is true. We know our words set the course of our lives. Check out the news. And over and over again, you will see people who made a comment on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram And the next thing you know, they've been fired. Sometimes wrongly, but often because they should have kept that particular thought to themselves. They perhaps should have never typed it. And relationships have fallen apart. We know this because of hasty words. But on the other hand, a kind word spoken at the right time has often changed the course of our lives for the positive. 
I think James is urging you and I to slow down a bit and to consider what we're about to say and to consider whether it's going to bring life to the other person. And it's not easy. James himself says so in verses 7 to 8. He says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, well, they can be tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now look, I think James is speaking this way for emphasis. He's not saying you can't tame the tongue. I don't think he'd write half a chapter on taming the tongue if he thought it was impossible. But I think he's emphasizing that so often you and I don't try very hard to control our tongues. And it is a very difficult task. But here's the thing. we got to put a leash on our tongue. Left uncontrolled, our ugly words are evil, and they are a deadly poison. And look, it's never going to be easy. In fact, I dread preaching this text every time the Lord calls me to preach it, because I know that week... The temptation is going to be strong to do the very thing I'm preaching against. And I know sometime today, perhaps before I even walk out those doors, the temptation again will be strong. And I know that sometime this next week I may very well fail, and so may you. But beloved, we got to keep working at it. We're going to sit in our living rooms this Christmas season with friends and family whom we dearly love. And I tell you, what I see right now, there's so many people who are hurting. There's so many people who need us to build them up instead of tearing them down. And we're going to stand in checkout lines and we're going to eat in restaurants. And look, I know the service industry is struggling. I know we struggle to hire good employees. But we need to be grateful that at least those clerks and those waiters and those waitresses are out working because so many people aren't even trying to work. And you know what? Some of those folks haven't had a kind word said to them all day long. All they've heard all day long is complaints. What a difference we might make if we began to speak life and life-giving words for those people. Those folks are people like us, and they're hurting. So practically, how do we do it? We we know it's hard, but how do we do it? Well, I think there's a grid or a, a set of questions we can run our words through. You've heard them before. Let me just remind you real quickly. We might ask, will what I'm about to say honor God? Will what I'm about to say honor God? James says in verses 9 and 10 that one of the problems for us, we believers, is our hypocrisy. That on one hand, we praise God, and on the next, uh, we curse other people made in God's image. It seems to me that you and I need to stop and ask, will it honor God if I say this? And would I say it if God was standing here or sitting here with me? Because, well, He is. And would I say it to God? And if I did say it to God, would I say it in the way I'm about to say it to this other person? Well, what I'm about to say also honor the person I'm saying it to. 
Are our words going to respect that person? A person created in God's image. The person we're speaking to was created in the image of God. And the way we, what we say as Christians is a reflection of God to that person. We're called to be ambassadors of God's great love. And, and we can accept or deny that calling sometimes by what we say. Even when we must speak words of rebuke or discipline, we must do so in a way that we're trying to reconcile the person, that we're trying to restore the relationship. We might even ask, how would I receive those words if they were being said to me? And then finally, will what I'm about to say be something I will regret? If I say those words, am I going to wish I could take them back? I thought someone posted, I saw it just this morning, it was one of you, that something to the effect, uh, if they were the last words I ever said to that person, would I want to be remembered that way? And I can seek forgiveness, but the question is, am I going to regret the harm it's already caused? You know, folks, I almost chose to not preach this ugly Christmas sweater series. I really struggled with whether to preach it or not. I struggled with whether it was too harsh for this season of the year. The problem with this sermon series is it's not a feel-good sermon series. At least not at the moment. But I began to think if we would heed these warnings... It could be our best Christmas ever. And the reason this series is so crucial at this season is because it's the time of year when we celebrate our Lord and Savior and we celebrate the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that is ours through Him. It's also a season when even unbelievers might be willing to come to our Christmas Eve service or go somewhere where they're caroling and ultimately hear the gospel. And we can sabotage this season when we speak careless words. And we've all done it. And I don't want to dwell on what we've done in the past. That's in the past. We can't change it. But here's what we can do. I want to urge you very concretely to think of one person you can encourage this week by your words. At least one person. And then I want to urge you to to send them a card. I want to urge you to send them a handwritten note. Nobody sends handwritten notes anymore. It can mean so much to get one. Invite them to coffee. Call them. Whatever it is, speak pleasant, upbuilding, life-giving words unto them. And some of you are feeling worn down. You're feeling frustrated. You're feeling confused, perhaps. You're even afraid. So maybe hearing this sermon, I'm praying that someone will speak life-giving words unto you. In fact, I want to speak some to you right now. If someone has heaped ugly words upon you, if, you're perhaps, if you've perhaps heaped them upon yourself, and you're wearing those words like an ugly sweater, 
I want to urge you this very day to throw that sweater off. To just throw it away and replace that ug- those ugly words with these words of the Father's love for you. Just a couple. Ephesians 2. God being rich in mercy. What does it say? Because of the little dab of love? Does it say that? No. It says because of the great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then one of my favorite of all, you've heard it many times, John, 1 John 3, 1. How great, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us. He didn't just give it to us, He lavished it upon us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what or who we are. If you're beat down, I want to urge you to try God's love on for size. I think you'll find it fits much, much better than that ugly word sweater you've been wearing. Take it off. Put on the sweater of God's great love for you, for you are His beloved children. Let's pray together. Lord, forgive our ugly words. Forgive us when we speak without considering the implications of our words. And we must also beg your forgiveness for there have been times when we spoke ugly words knowing full well what the damage would be. We knew full well that those words would sting. And that's, well, sadly, that's what we intended. Oh Lord, have mercy on us and transform our words. Change them from words that tear others down to words that build them up. Change them from words that are deadly to words that are life-giving. Help us this week to seize opportunities to encourage someone with a card or a note or a phone call or a visit. And maybe we're the ones who need that most right now. Maybe one of us sitting here just feels beaten down. I pray that your words of love would breathe life into us. That we would know that no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what another might say or do, you love us. And you love us with a great love. You've lavished that love upon us. And nothing in life nor death can ever separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, however we need to today, would you help us just to peel off those ugly word sweaters? And be wrapped in your great love. In your great love for others. We ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you, today and forevermore. Amen.